Wilson and a Kubo. The Bucks game is over. And now it's time for the longest running Pro Hoops post game show in Milwaukee. Hear from the players. You know, I feel good. I always can get better. But, you know, I know I know myself. I know how usually it goes. You know, uh, if I'm healthy, things are going to be okay. The head coach. Um, you know, offensively, I think, you know, we make a few more shots. Could be dangerous. And the fans. You got a guy in Giannis. He's just like the most likable human being. And all the other people fall in line with that. Everybody kind of takes it after him. And it just it's really positive to see that. Be the team that we give. This is the Pick and Save Pro Hoops Post Game Show, driven by Mercedes Benz of Milwaukee North. Now, here's your host, Bill Baby Tausch Schmidt, on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Happy Saturday night! Bucks get the win, 102 to 83 over the Indiana Pacers. It's the Pickett Save Pro Hoops postgame show driven by Mercedes-Benz of Milwaukee North. Ryan Horvath filling in tonight. Bill Schmidt with the night off. Here with the Mayor Mitch Ross and Evan Heffelfinger. we got a full house here tonight. 414-799-1250. You can tweet at the show at 1057FM, the fan. Once again, the Bucks pick up the win tonight. 102-83 to over the Pacers. This is a game I had circled on my schedule for a long time because all the storylines were there. Malcolm Brogdon. Taking on his former team. However, Brogdon injured. He does not play tonight. Indiana on a back-to-back, and they don't really show up for this one. 102-83 bucks get the win. They're now 9-3 and on the season. Pacers drop to 7-6. and Another big night for Giannis. Plays 28 minutes only. 10-17 from the floor. 3-6 from three-point land. 13 boards. 6 assists. Finishes the night with 26 points. And the Bucks cruise to a win over the Pacers. Although that Pacers team... Not really what we could expect the rest of the season for them. They've just been beat up throughout the year. I knew they were going to be without Oladipo for the start of the season as he continues to rehab. He should be back by the midway point. Brogdon on the injury report. Miles Turner does make his return tonight. He was, at one point I thought, doubtful for this game. Ends up playing 33 minutes, scored 16 points, and pulled down 11 rebounds. So a solid night for him. But the Bucs, after a uh, slow start, end up putting the Pacers away. Once again, once again, 102 to 83, 414, 799, 1250. Ryan Horvath in for Bill Schmidt, along with the mayor, Mitch Ross. Mitch, how you doing back there, buddy? I'm good, Ryan. How are you? I'm pretty good. I always enjoy working these games with you because I could tell that you start to get a little bit nervous anytime that a team pulls within single digits. <laughs> you can just feel it. I could. And I thought Oh, I mean. So the Bucks do run away with this one, 102 to 83. But for a while there, were you starting to get nervous? I felt like Indiana had another run in them, even without Malcolm Brogdon, even without Oladipo. But at the end, man, I mean, they don't really have anybody that could take over a game. I like Miles Turner. I like his game. But when you have T.J. Warren putting up 21 shots tonight, he goes 6 of 21 from the floor, scores 15 points. That's an average game for him. I mean, that's that's what he does. 21 shots. Miles Turner, 6 of 14. Like, why weren't they drawing up more plays for him? I don't understand. Aaron Holiday tonight, 5 of 18 from the floor. Sabonis, 3 of 13. TJ Leaf gets a little bit of run. But what are your thoughts on that Pacers team? Is that a, Are they a 4 or 5 seed, or is that a team that's going to miss out on the playoffs? What are your thoughts? Well, I have Indiana at about a 7 seed. Really? Um, I did coming in, I believe. I don't have it. Maybe an 8 seed? 7 or 8. I think it was 7 with Orlando getting the eight seed. That was my preseason prediction. So they're just, 
I don't know. I mean, the coaching is a little suspect at times. I think uh, I was curious as to how Sabonis and Turner would fit together because they are both centers. But at the same time, so they have a they run a big lineup. But at the same time, they were no match for Giannis and Brook Lopez tonight. They, those guys, stonewalled all night. Yeah, absolutely. So the Bucks two and zero without Chris Middleton. He's going to miss the next three to four weeks. Tonight, Dante DiVincenzo for the second straight night gets the start. Has his best game, I would say, of the season. I mean, especially in the starting lineup, six and nine from the floor, two of five from three, four rebounds and assists. Finishes with fourteen points. So a nice night for Dante. That's where we'll start tonight. 414-799-1250. I want to hear your thoughts on the start without Chris Middleton. 2-0. I know there's some Middleton haters out there. I know he has some fans, some Chris Middleton apologists out there. How do you guys feel about this team so far without him? 414-799-1250. We'll go inside the box score to start this thing off. Once again, the Bucs win 102-83 over the Pacers. No Malcolm Brogdon for Indianapolis. And that's what we were all hoping to see. Everybody missing Malcolm Brogdon. The majority of the phone calls I get are, why did the Bucks not bring back Malcolm Brogdon? Why would you pay Chris Middleton? When we even heard it from Giannis the other day when they asked him, you know, how is it going to feel to face off against Malcolm Brogdon? They asked him that. They asked Eric Bledsoe the same question. Both of them kind of indicated that Malcolm Brogdon maybe wanted to move elsewhere. Like he's talked about the culture in Indianapolis. You know, the fans do show up. Like, basketball, if you guys have ever been to Indiana, they love hoops there. Like, I used to love going to the Final Four or going to the NCAA tournament. They just love basketball there. Not that they don't in Milwaukee, but it is a different, it's a little bit different of a feeling. You know, growing up and in, in watching a lot of 90s basketball, like, Indiana was just the place to be. I mean, they never got over the hump because they couldn't beat Michael Jordan, but those teams with Reggie Miller, Rick Smiths, I mean, the Pacers, just when you think tradition in the NBA, like, people love hoops out there. So I get it, and I also think Malcolm Brogdon wanted to play with the ball in his hands a little bit more. He wasn't going to have that opportunity. Even with Giannis playing the floor or playing out on the wing, he's going to have the ball in his hands 85% of the time. I think Brogdon just wanted to kind of become his own man. I think it was definitely a mutual thing. Right? I mean, well, well, I, I don't know. know. I think I the Bucs we... would have wanted the luxury tax. I think they wanted to bring Malcolm Brogdon back. I think that was the whole point of Giannis saying, I want to run it back with this squad. That's why they brought Chris Middleton back. That's why you brought Brooke back. I think it was a lot of passive aggression on both sides type of thing where Malcolm, you know, you hear some things that he was unhappy here, but he never would publicly, it's not on his thing to publicly say he was unhappy, but I think he thinks he's a point guard and um, he wants to be more of a, he wants to have a bigger role and have a more of an impact on the game. And I think from the Bucks organizationally, they were looking at it like, well, if he doesn't really want to be here, well, let's go ahead and trade him, get a first round pick. And at the same time, not lock up Malcolm Brogdon to four years, $85 million, and completely cap yourself out. Yeah, The way that I see this, it's a win-win for both teams. Brogdon, he gets to be that number one or number two option. He gets the ball in his hands, and he gets to be the player he thinks he is. The Bucks, they get a first and second round pick. They avoid the luxury tax. I, I, the way I see it, it's a completely win-win trade for both sides. Yeah, I would have loved to bring Malcolm Brogdon back. It, I mean, I would have went into luxury tax to do it. But I, I, I don't know. I just You get different phone calls, different interaction. You could tweet at us at 1057FMTheFan. Hit us up, 414-799-1250. A lot of people bring up the injury concerns, you know, the injury history. I don't think that has so much to do with it, but it's funny when we do bring it up, the fact that he doesn't play tonight. And he almost has – my problem with the injuries is he has, like, old man injuries. I used to say the same thing about Derrick Rose. After the torn ACL, it was always the same thing, like an elbow 
or a knee like Tracy McGrady, guys that did have an injury history. Like it always started with stuff like that, like these old man injuries, the knees, then their shot or plantar fasciitis. Like that's the one injury I do not mess with. The thing with Brogdon is what is he, 6'4, 6'5, 6'6, 6'7, whatever the hell he really is. I don't know how tall anybody in the NBA is anymore because every offseason, like Kevin Durant will come back and they'll be like, oh, actually, Durant's seven foot one. When really he might be six foot eight, I have no clue. So I don't know how tall any of these guys really are. But uh, plantar fasciitis, if you're a big man, they say that could pretty much end your career. Like that ended Joakim Noah's career for as good as he was. If you have foot injuries and you're a big man, they say that's worse than tearing your ACL. I've talked to doctors that have actually said that. But I don't know if it had anything to do with the injury history. I'm not quite sure. But I think it is. I think it's a perfect fit for him to go there. We'll see how that fit works out when Oladipo comes back because he's not going to be playing with the ball in his hands as often unless Depot wants to play off the ball a little bit more. 414-799-1250. We'll get to your phone calls here in a minute. First, we'll go inside the box score. Once again, the Bucs, 102-83 winners tonight. Another big night for Giannis. He's going to have to carry this team. I don't see Giannis taking any load management this year. I really don't. I think he plays at least 77 games this season. And especially if you get, like, a night like tonight, he only plays 28 minutes. Felt like he was out there the entire time. Anytime he leaves the floor, that's when teams make runs. Like, you really can't afford to sit him too much, but... 28 minutes tonight, 10 to 17 from the floor, 3 of 6 from 3, 13 boards, 6 assists. He scores 26 points. Brooke Lopez tonight, 27 minutes, 6 of 10 from the floor, 8 boards, 15 points. Eric Bledsoe plays 26 minutes, 5 of 14 from the floor, 3 rebounds, 5 assists, 10 points for Eric Bledsoe tonight. Played better than that box score indicated, I feel. Eric Bledsoe has had a nice, solid run of games here. Since I was a little tough on him, what was that, two weeks ago, he's had a nice six games, five games here. Uh, Wesley Matthews plays 20 minutes. You wouldn't even know it. Two of eight from the floor. Did have five rebounds, had an assist, scores five points. Dante DiVincenzo, 24 minutes, six of nine from the floor. Nice. Two of five from three. Four boards, an assist, and 14 points. DJ Wilson gets some last-minute run. Five minutes he plays. Two of three from the field. Five points. Evan, I'm glad I'm in here with you. Why is DJ Wilson not getting more run right now? I don't know. I I don't have any answers. I I I feel like he's in Bud's doghouse for some reason, and I don't know why. He's younger. He's more athletic. Like I like what Urson brings to the table, but I mean, if you're gonna find minutes for 55 year old Kyle Korver, and I mean it's positionless basketball at this point. Like I want to see DJ, especially these next three to four weeks while Middleton's out. I want to see what these young guys could do because I think Chris Middleton missing time could be beneficial to the Bucks because. Now these guys actually get to earn some playing time. Because the one thing about Bud, right, is he likes his vets. Like, oh, that's yeah. why Ursan's here. That's why Kyle Korver's here. He likes his guys that he has experience with. And one thing I was thinking about with Middleton going out is it kind of begins the process of possibly weeding Wes Matthews out of the starting lineup. God, I, mean, I hope so. If, he if looks Dante, if Dante can, take, can take that step as a starter, um, it'll be a little bit easier to, to bring Wes Matthews off the bench. I just – Wes has got to be better. I, I'm very disappointed in him. I just I feel like DJ defensively especially is an upgrade. And I feel like let's say this team needs to make a deadline move if you want to bring in more scoring. Like people keep calling and, and tweeting at us with Bradley Beal and these superstars. Kemba Walker, who I mean, that's a bad example because now he's in Boston and he's not going anywhere. But 
we keep hearing these all-stars. You're not going to get an all-star. You're not going to get a 20-point-per-game scorer. But what you may get at the deadline is another Nico Miritich. Now, hopefully a Nico Miritich that actually shows up and could get some run in the Eastern Conference Finals and doesn't go one for 48 from three. Right. But I think you get a 14- to 15-point-per-game score. Maybe you have to package one of these young guys. So that's why I want to see Dante get some run. Not that I want to package Dante in anything. But DJ Wilson, like this is the time to get him some run while Middleton's out. Again, he only plays five minutes tonight, two or three from the floor, five points. Uh, Urson tonight, 13 points, three or four from the field. He scores six. Thanasis gets some run. He gets a bucket. Evan, that one got you out of your seat. <laughs> Robin Lopez tonight, 17 minutes. He has the ugliest game in the NBA, maybe in NBA history, but it's it's efficient, I guess, at times. Seven points, five boards tonight for him. Uh, Sterling Brown plays 26 minutes tonight, four or nine from the floor, 10 points. The other night, Sterling Brown, nine points, zero assists, zero rebounds. I don't think I've seen that in NBA history. Tonight he does have four assists and pulls down six rebounds, so a solid night for Sterling. Uh, plays 26 minutes again. Pat Connaughton plays 12 minutes, gives you absolutely nothing, does have three rebounds. Uh, Kyle Korver, 19 minutes tonight. 0-5 from three, scores two points. Why is Kyle Korver playing 19 minutes when he's not knocking down shots? He was in garbage time there for a few minutes. I just – I. I didn't really love the Kyle Korver move. I get why you did it. Like, he's a great locker room guy. We Kyle saw it with Korver hater over here. I well, just, no, we saw I, it with Donovan the Mitchell. One and only. I, I mean, he's the best shooter of all time. Steph Curry's the best shooter of all time. But we went over this before the show. Not a top <laughs> twenty-five player though. Uh, by the way, four one four seven nine nine twelve fifty. It is the Pick and Save Pro Hoops post game show, driven by Mercedes Benz of Milwaukee North. I'm Ryan Horvat filling in for Bill Schmidt. Really quick, the Bucks shoot tonight 44% from the floor, 28% just from three, 11 to 39. Pull down 55 rebounds, 22 assists. They do out-rebound the Pacers, 55-54. Pacers tonight, 32 of 100 from the floor. They shoot 32%, 12 of 34 from three, 35%. 414-799-1250. You can tweet at us at 1057FM, the fan. We're going to take a quick break. It's the Pick and Save Pro Hoops postgame show. We'll get to your phone calls next here on the fan. Was it a dunk? Was it a key basket in transition? Was it a spectacular play down the lane? It's time for the Wrench and Go drive of the game. Need auto parts? Wrench and Go is a self-service yard. Bring your own tools and access the lowest price auto parts around. This is the Pick and Save Pro Hoops postgame show, driven by Mercedes-Benz of Milwaukee North on the fan. exciting when there are multiple teams to... oh, oh my that's exciting Jeez. every night of the season Giannis Antetokounmpo has 10 points I mean and, and we were just talking about how he compromises guys when they're under the rim but wrench and go drive of the game courtesy of Fox Sports Wisconsin once again the Bucks get the win tonight 102 to 83 they move their record to 9 and 3 on the season 2-0 without Chris Middleton. How are you guys feeling about this team right now? 414-799-1250. Tweet at the show at 1057FM, the fan. Let's go out to the phone lines. We'll go to the south side, talk with Mike. Mike, what's up, buddy? Hey, guys. Mike, 2-0 yeah. without Chris Middleton. What do you think about the rotations right now? Dante DiVincenzo, Sterling Brown, how you, what are your early thoughts on those guys? Uh, actually, I do a notebook here. so Nice. I'm going to get to there like a uh, second column. Uh, a road win is a win. Injuries, too bad, so sad for Indiana. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, DJ, love the guy. There's so much talent and uh, veterans ahead of him. Yeah. 
But I'd like to see him play. I mean, the, the, the Bucks are so deep. Now, me and Steve Novak agree. Giannis shooting threes, three of six. You bring that defender in a no-man's land, one-on-one, he don't know if he's going to shoot the three or drive. If he drives, they throw the double team in there. Yep. And if he dishes, they got so many options. There's so many great shooters on the Bucks right now. I mean, Sterling Brown came in and hit two threes. Yeah. Uh, I think it'll be really good this year. No, I completely agree, and that's a great now, point. What was your first question? Oh, I was asking what your thoughts are on this team without Chris Middleton right now. Well, uh, they don't have Brogdon, and we don't have Middleton, so isn't it even even? It is. It is. <laughs> it is even. Thanks for the yeah. phone call, Mike. Thanks, you enjoy guys. your Saturday night, buddy. Great point by Mike right there. How do you defend Giannis now if he's going to go 3-6 from 3? Because we saw it at the end of the game. You bring a bigger defender, a slower defender like Sabonis out there, and he's going to kill you. He's going to take you to the rack and dunk on you. If he's popping that 3, if he's hitting that 3-6, there's going to be no way to stop him. He's going to win back-to-back MVPs. 414-799-1250. We'll go out to the uh, north side, talk with Ram. Ram, what's up? Hey, what's going on, Ryan? Nah, not too much, man. How's your Saturday going? It's going good, man. Had a, had a high school workout this morning with, with a team and uh, looking good for the season. Basketball, football. High school boys start Monday. Hey, are you teaching them the new James Harden move, the one where you just lean into the defender and you could go 3-17 uh, of 17 from the field but still score 42 points? Is that what you're teaching your guys now? Nah, I'm going old school. We're going, we going three-level scoring at the rim. Hey, are you running the three-man weave, or is that done now? No more three-man weave. That was always my favorite in practice, but I always just wanted to take the layup, <laughs> even if I got it at the, the three-point. Hey, Ryan, line. they spread the court out now. Oh, yeah, they, that's they, right. I mean, the ball don't have to touch the floor, but they spread the court out. They're they, they trying to spread you out so you can get the ISO in the half court or shoot the three. I wish I played basketball these days, Ram. Like, back in the day, man, I was I was only allowed to shoot, like, three or four threes a game. Now Steph Curry changed the game. Like, I could oh, go four yeah. or 17. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. You shoot a three and you miss, you're, going, you're sitting on the bench. Hey, what's uh, what's your biggest takeaway from this team? Two wins without Chris Middleton. What do you think about these rotations? You want to see DJ get more run? What do you think about Dante? What do you well, think about the young you guys? I've talked about DJ. I personally going backpedaling. I think if DJ play, he could do what Middleton can do. He's a shooter. I've seen him play in college. Um, he got coach on the B line. Um, yep. He got he got a solid skill set. Um, he's athletic. He can rebound. And I don't know why he's not playing. I'm I'm with the other guy in the studio. Like, well, I don't know what's going on with Bootholzer. And Bootholzer, he kind of, kind of, he kind of, he gets stuck on stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, as far as you know, how I feel about Middleton. I feel he's overpaid. I think the Bucks can win without him. It'd be tough, but you got to look at the whole picture, though, Ryan. Um, I want to see them with Brogdon and Victor Oladipo because I was at a game last year. Where Oladipo, I think he had ten or twelve rebounds. Mm-hmm. He was he was and he caused a problem. And so, at full strength, I like to see the Bucks play these teams with their full step because it's early on, you know. Right. But so right now, I just think he he worked his rotations like he know work his rotations, and uh, you know they got they got that you know they got a win tonight. So, like I said, I don't know. Just even with the Clippers. Um, Let's see what it looks like when Paul George and yeah. Kawhi's on the floor. Yeah, tonight, actually, the first time they're going to be in the lineup together. I think that's a 9.30 tip or 9 p.m., I'm not quite sure. But Paul George and Kawhi in the lineup together tonight, I'm interested in seeing that, too. No? Kawhi's yeah, I, out. Kawhi's out. Or, I, they said yeah. he's playing tonight. No. I, oh, I a buddy of mine took them a minus 11 and a half. When did that news break? I got it like an hour ago, something like that. Ah, damn it. He's not playing, I don't think. Ah. 
he's not he's not they doing the load management, you know. Again? So, but yeah, yeah. But I'm gonna say this real quick. I think where the bus gonna fall short in the last part of the season, we really don't have no guard play. It's by committee. What about Dante? No. <laughs> he's not ready yet. No. All right. I mean, okay, just think of like, okay, look at the Bulls guards that they got right now. Kobe, what? Well, that's all they got yeah, is guards. The There's like ten court. guards on that team. Yeah, I mean they got some. They got. Some, we need something like that. We need. We need a guard like that to go along. If you just had one guard like that to go along with what they got, because you got to be able to create your own shot. I agree with that. Yeah, and get to the rim. And and the other thing I noticed tonight is same thing. We don't have nobody going to the rack. Everybody shooting threes. Well, the last game though, they what did they outscore them? The Bulls like seventy to thirteen or something like that in the paint. But I'm with you. I mean, they yeah, do I need. Mean, the Bulls are going back and forth with them, Ryan. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, they do need another guy that could create his own shot. And I think that they'll get that at the deadline, possibly. Unless, I mean, that's why I want to see what these guys look like without Chris Middleton. What Dante? I'm just glad Dante's getting some run because he's getting some run. He got to play if, more. He but, just got to get out there and play more. And it's going to be hard. Hey, really quick before I let you off, uh, you made a good point, though, because like the reason I like Dante is just because of the coaching. I think Jay Wright's one of the best coaches in the nation. The oh, fact no that doubt. he played four no years doubt. under him. And then when I look at DJ Wilson, like I'm really high on John Beeline. It's a damn shame that the NCAA is such a mess that he had to leave Michigan and come to the NBA because, I mean, he's way too old to be coaching in the NBA. we got to be honest. His lifespan is going to be that. like three to four years. Ryan, I didn't understand that. Well, it's because the NCAA is so crooked that he said, screw it. He wanted out. He's going to go to the NBA. But he's 65 or 66 years old. <laughs> I'm with you, man. Hey, enjoy your Saturday, buddy. All right, man. Thanks a lot, Ryan. Take care. Have a good work, Ryan. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. 414-799-1250. Once again, you could tweet at us at 1057FM, the fan. If you're on the phone line, stay there. We're also going to get to your tweets. Once again, the Bucks win 102-83. to They move their record to 9-3 and on the season. They'll be back at it on Monday. Once again, we'll see the Chicago Bulls at the United Center this time. 414-799-1250. We'll be right back here on the fan. Marcus, it seems to me this has been a decent deflection game. What defensive play stood out? Here's the Laborers Local 113 defensive play of the game. The Laborers Local 113 Milwaukee. Feel the power at liuna113.org. This is the Pick and Save Pro Hoops postgame show, driven by Mercedes Benz of Milwaukee North on the fan. Giannis got the rebound. Here's Aaron. And yes! Absolutely crushes Jakash Sampson. And what's, what's so beautiful about that play is... That right there, the defensive play of the game brought to you by Labor's International Union Local 113, courtesy of Fox Sports Wisconsin. Bucks pick up the win. They move the record to 9-3. and Beat the Pacers 102-83. to A shorthanded Pacers team. No Malcolm Brogdon, no Victor Oladipo, although he hasn't been on the floor all season long. Bucks playing without Chris Middleton for the next three to four weeks. 2-0 without Middleton. 414-799-1250. Tweeted us at 105.7 FM, the fan. We'll go out to West Dallas, talk with KJ. KJ, what's up? Aloha. Aloha, Ryan. Thanks for taking my call, my brother. How's your Saturday going, buddy? Oh, wonderful. Staying nice and warm, sitting on the couch? Yeah, you know, in the man cave. Oh, my, my man. Thing. Any football or just all all hoops tonight? No, no, football. You know, I got to watch got to watch some uh football, man, you know. Hey, what are your thoughts? I, uh, I know you're a Middleton. We got to be honest. You're a Middleton hater. They're 2 and 0 without Chris Middleton. What do you think about these rotations without him? Man, I love Chris Middleton. <laughs> Stop. I mean, he's a, he's the second best player in the NBA. History. NBA uh, history. Yeah. It goes Jordan, uh LeBron, Chris Middleton, right? It, pretty much. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. All have right, give me your honest it. opinion now. Yeah, you tell it. <laughs> <laughs> who? So if not Chris Middleton, who uh, who steps up? Who takes his role? Who who do you like best on this team? Is it Sterling? Is it Dante? I like both those guys uh, in the rotation. Uh, Sterling plays hard. Dante uh, played very hard tonight. He's been playing hard ever since he's been in the lineup. He needs to get more minutes, mm-hmm. um, just like Ram said earlier, and I agree with him. Uh, Giannis, another dominant performance. Uh, they continue to own the paint, and that's been really important for them. A uh, little sluggish from the three-point line, but I think that's going to pick up. Uh, they don't need it when they have uh, such dominance inside with Giannis and uh, all the supporting cast. So, hey, I got a hot uh, take actually. While you bring that up, I actually I'm loving it. Like I feel like I'm watching old school 1996 basketball where a team's just attacking the rim and scoring points in the paint, and they're not relying on three point shooting. Like I watch the Rockets, even the teams I enjoy watching. Like I watch Memphis or Golden State for the last five years. It's just, I, it's kind of refreshing to see a team that could actually go to the rack and a guy like Giannis who wants to dunk on you and then yell in your face. I, I enjoy it. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. Yeah, man. So uh, they just got to continue to rock and roll. Uh, they got the Bulls. Uh, they should smash them uh, in, the, in the next game. You think? But, you know, they're beating all the division foes, which is very important. You know, they're dominating in the division. Yeah, I saw a crazy stat that in the last two years, the Bucks have only lost the division opponents twice. Like, I got to go back and check the record now, but they have two losses within the division in the last two years. That's crazy, right? It really is, yeah. Yeah. Hey, have a great show, Ryan. Thanks, man. Have a good Saturday night. Love your energy, man. Thanks, man. Enjoy your weekend. Go Seahawks, I guess, for you. Although you guys already, already got your win this week. KJ didn't want me to out him as a Seahawks fan, but he likes Seattle. He's a big Russell Wilson guy. Like half of the people out here. Like Mitch Ross back there. With Sonics, the- baby. Sonics. Bring him back. Bring him back to Seattle. Oh, Christ. 414-799-1250. Once again, it's the Pick and Save Pro Hoops postgame show, driven by Mercedes-Benz of Milwaukee North. Bill Baby Tausch schmidt with the night off. Tim Allen with the night off. Bill will be back with you guys tomorrow on Fantasy Football Weekly, 10 to 11.30. And then we got some football for you guys, some NFL football here on the fan, beginning with coverage at 11.30. 414-799-1250. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're still going to hear from Coach Budenholzer. We'll go inside the locker room, and we'll catch up with Matt Velasquez from the Journal Sentinel and recap this game. Once again, Bucks 102-83 winners over the Indiana Pacers. We'll be back here on The Fan. Let's hear from the head coach. This segment is sponsored by Schneider. For over 80 years, they've been offering great careers with great benefits and more home time. Visit schneiderjobs.com. Or call 1-800-44-PRIDE. This is the Pick and Save Pro Hoops postgame show, driven by Mercedes-Benz of Milwaukee North on the fan. Bucks now 9-3 this season. They beat the Pacers 102-83. Big night for Giannis. 10-17 from the floor. 13 rebounds, 6 assists. Scores 26 points in 28 minutes. Dante DiVincenzo makes his second start. In the absence of Chris Middleton, goes 6-9 from the floor, 2-5 from three, four rebounds, finishes the night with 14 points. Bucks shoot 44% from the field, 28% from three. They go 11-39 of 39 from three-point land, hold the Pacers to 32% shooting. They go 32 for 100 from the floor, 12-34 from the field. First couple weeks of the season, first couple games of the season, Coach Mike Budenholzer not so happy with the defense. We'll hear what he has to say about tonight's effort. Once again, Bucks 102-83 winners over the Pacers. Here's Coach Bud after the game. 
Um, I think we're a little bit fortunate catching them scheduling-wise tough and health-wise tough. So, um, But you still have to go out there and do your job and get it done. I thought the stretches in the third quarter and the fourth quarter, very good. Yeah, I think, you know, it, like he got a stump, couple of steals. I think that helped him, you know, just get a little bit of confidence, a little bit of rhythm. Um, you know, I think you always want to build it with your defense, start there. And then I think some other things happen for him offensively. So it's good to, to see him just keep growing and keep improving. It isn't always the easiest thing. You know, when teams come out of back to back, they're not going to go yeah, I mean, the, those guys play hard no matter who's out there for them. They're well coached. So I think, you know, for our group to to get enough separation there the last five, six minutes and, you know, have it uh, where we didn't have to play guys, you know, lots of minutes, um, you know, it's a good win, a good sign for us. There's a, some clear excitement from Giannis that last three. He pumps his fist and he knows he's probably coming out of the game at that point. Just what have you seen in terms of the development of his confidence and his comfortability in terms of his, his shots, especially from the outside? Yeah, you know, I think he's getting more and more comfortable with the three ball and, you know, um, the ball's in his hands a lot, so he's shooting them off the dribble. And, um, you know, I think he's taking it with what the defense gives him. He's obviously continues to attack at a high rate. Um, you know, so like we've said, we just want him to keep keep growing, keep being more comfortable, um, keep letting it fly. Um, while as a team and him as an individual, we can't forget to attack too. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's good. Um, you know, I thought the guys uh, on the ball were good. I thought Brooke. You know, both in the paint and then rebounding because they, they go hard to the offensive glass. So it took everybody to kind of get in there. And it's a war in there anytime the ball goes up. So overall, I think the defense was pretty good. Who's banged up on the Bucks? Once I felt I could put weight on it, I was like, I had to get back out there. This is the McCormick Law Office Milwaukee Injury Report. McCormick Law Office, the back injury attorneys. This is the Pick and Save Pro Hoops postgame show, driven by Mercedes-Benz of Milwaukee North on the fan. Taking a look at the Bucks injury report, not a whole lot there. Chris Middleton out right now, expected to miss several weeks. Other than that, the Bucks pretty healthy. 414-799-1250, still got time to jump on. You can tweet at us at 1057FM, the fan. We just heard from Coach Bud. Now let's hear from Dante DiVincenzo. His best game since entering the starting lineup, especially when you consider the fact that it's only the second start for him this season. Here's what Dante had to say after the game. Yeah, uh, got to get going first, that's all. And you look so much more comfortable. <laughs> Your teammates are loving it. You look so much more comfortable out there tonight compared to Thursday. How did it feel to you? Every day get better. Um, I mean, we got a great group of guys, great coaches, just build confidence in me. Um, and every single day, that's my goal is to just get better and get more confident. More than 20 points off of Indiana turnovers. You guys held them to 83. What was working on defense? Just our energy. Um, I think our focus tonight was just, I mean, our identity is defending so when we came out we competed we defend good things happen for us thanks Dante appreciate it there right there Dante DiVincenzo makes the start tonight the bull the Bucks pick up the win they'll see the Bulls on Monday and that game will be at the United Center so the Bucks continue a little road trip here 102 83 they beat the Pacers tonight looking around the league right now some other scores that have been completed the Nets over the Bulls tonight 117 111 Trailblazers lead the Spurs 66-58 at halftime. Raptors over the Mavs right now at half, 60-53. Some other games in progress right now. The Knicks leading 91-90 over the Hornets. Rockets over the Timberwolves 91-82. And the Heat lead the Pelicans 75-65. Mitch, I'm glad that you're with me here tonight because 
the Heat, once again, 10-point lead, right? They're 8-3 and three this season. As I say that, Tyler Hero with a nice little dunk. I have this game going on yeah. on the side. So um, you were pretty high on the Miami Heat. Some guys, I am. Some, I am. Not everybody took that. Uh, you got killed for that, actually, by a couple people. Not really, mainly just Bart Winkler, yeah, uh, Bart, host of the yeah. morning show. Yeah, he he disagreed with you. Him your, and I have to talk about that. Yeah, that's, uh, no, I Miami, look, Eric Spolster is a good coach. And they're good. They've, they've always given the Bucks fits, typically because the Bucks seem to play noon Sunday games in Miami, which, you know, guys are getting two hours of sleep at that point. But that's beside the point. Eric Spolster is a great coach. They have probably the most talented roster they've had in, since the big three were there. I mean, you add in Jimmy Butler, you know, Bam Adebayo's a stud. Tyler Hero's a stud. See, the thing with Jimmy Butler, adding Goran Jimmy Dragic Butler. Is a, is a solid, I almost said stud, but not stud anymore. He was. He's a Slovenian uh, like myself and like Luka Doncic. Doncic? Doncic. <laughs> I, uh, I was going to say to you, um, the thing that I was worried about with Jimmy Butler when I was giving you crap about that, I just didn't think that he could be a leader. But, like, the young guys on that team love him. I like the story when he was yeah. in the locker room. He was talking about how Tyler Hero was telling him to back off when he wanted to play on the perimeter. He fits the, uh, that defender. culture. I mean, the Heat are – well, first of all, I think they're a little overrated organizationally. I think the media is just scared of Pat Riley or something. Like, they're in a terrible cap situation. I'm scared of Pat Riley. It's not like, it's not like they've you – know, they screwed themselves a number of years ago. Now it's kind of worked out, but they got Jimmy Butler and everything. And But, you know, he kind of fits that culture with just defense and Spolstra and, and everything. So he, he's kind of been a hand-in-glove fit with them. So I, I fear the Heat a little bit. I don't think they can beat the Bucks in a seven-game series, but that's a team where if I look at it, I, I say, look, the Sixers have been terrible lately. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with them. They were obviously the national media darling. This Do we year. overrate the Sixers a little bit because their bench is awful and they really don't Not have me. enough shooting? I think that JJ Redick was a huge loss, and I, yes, I really do. Absolutely, I, they don't have was. enough perimeter shooting. Their bench, like Ben Simmons, the talk was, "Hey, he developed a little bit of a jump shot." Hell, no, he didn't. No. And Joel Embiid, no. I worry about him actually playing sixty-five to. How many games is he going to play this year? Probably he looks 50 the to same 55. as he did last year. He right. just, he just. And Tobias, man, Tobias went zero for twenty from three. Last he's week. struggling right now, and the, he's, the week he went 0 for 20 from three. If Chris Middleton goes 0 for 20 an entire week from three point line, he'd be, yeah. he'd, he'd be crucified. Yeah, uh, and uh, there's some national types, <clears throat> Bill Simmons, who didn't know that Tobias Harris was making more than Chris Middleton. He's getting like 32 million or something this year. It's to go just, 0 for 20, it's, it's just insane. Yeah, four one four seven nine nine twelve fifty. Once again, it's the Pick and Save Pro Hoops post game show, driven by Mercedes Benz of Milwaukee North. Ryan Horvat filling in for Bill Schmidt. Bucks pick up the win tonight, 102 to 83. Giannis, 26 points, 13 rebounds, six assists. The main thing, the main story of the night, the Bucks forced the Pacers into their worst shooting performance of the season tonight. Brooke Lopez looked a little bit better tonight, 15 points, eight rebounds, five block shots. I don't think I've mentioned that tonight. Five block shots, and the Pacers shoot just 32% from the field. Once again, they're without their two best guards in uh, Oladipo and Malcolm Brogdon. So we don't get to see Malcolm Brogdon. Also, the Pacers just beat up right now. That was Miles Turner's first game since October 30th. Looked pretty good, 16 points, 11 boards, 4 blocks. Aaron Holiday had 11 points, 5 assists. He got the start over uh, Malcolm Brogdon. Bucks. I mean, this game was never really in question, right? Bucks were up 15 in the second quarter, uh, led, what, 49-36 by 13 going into the half. But I still felt like Indiana did have a run, and I'm not quite sure why. 414-799-1250. Tweet at the show at 105.7 FM. The fan. We're going to take a quick break. We're still here from Matt Velasquez, who's covering the game for the Journal Sentinel over in Indianapolis. 
Bucks 9 and 3, they'll see the Bulls on Monday night at the United Center. Bulls lose tonight 117-111 to the Nets. They continue to stink. Bucks should get an easy victory, move to 10 and 3. We'll talk about it with you next here on the Fan. Did that really just happen? It's time for the Are You Kidding Me? Moment of the Game. Brought to you by Gene Wagner Plumbing. Celebrating over 50 years in business. For any residential, commercial, or industrial plumbing needs, go to GeneWagner.com. This is the Pick and Save Pro Hoops Post Game Show. Driven by Mercedes-Benz of Milwaukee North. On the fan. Indiana posting up. Poke away. DiVincenzo on the steal and lay-in. Just great anticipation by Dante. You could just watch his eyes that whole time. He saw the pass coming. That right there, Dante DiVincenzo, the first bucket of the game. The Are You Kidding Me moment of the game by Gene Wagner Plumbing. Dante tonight, our X Factor of the game as well. X Factor of the game by the Bryan and Stratton College Bobcats Athletics. Brought to you by them, they're offering athletic scholarships in 15 junior college sports. Learn more at bscbobcats.com. Dante tonight. 24 minutes, 6-9 from the floor, 2-5 of five from 3, 4 boards, 14 points. And the Bucks get the win. 102-83 to 83 tonight. Bucks now 9-3 on the season. Next up, the Chicago Bulls Monday night at the United Center. Should be a nice and easy win, but you never know because it's the NBA. Evan Heffelfinger producing the show along with the Mayor Mitch Ross. We're with you here on a Saturday night. Kind of a crazy day of sports. Uh, a lot going on. A lot going on as a career at Alabama for Tua. Goes right down the chute. Hopefully he ends up being okay. A similar injury to what ended the career of Bo Jackson. However, that was many years ago in medical uh, advancements. That was, what, 1984? That's why I was laughing when people were tweeting about that. They're like, this is the same injury that ended Bo Jackson's career. And I was like, yeah, that was like 30 years ago. So luckily uh, medical uh, you know, advancements have, have been great. Well, like Willis, a torn Willis, ACL would have ended your career back Willis then. McGahee 15 years ago. Completely annihilated his leg, and he came back and had a solid NFL career. Injuries just suck. And then there was a girl that was uh, take that was actually uh, was at the Georgia game, I believe, and she was just taking pictures on the sideline, got bashed into, and they had to cart her off the field. That's what I wanted to talk to a little bit with you guys. Four one four seven nine nine twelve fifty. Not the injury to Tua or the uh, female photographer, but a Chris Middleton, and who has stepped up thus far. I like Dante in this role. Twenty four minutes tonight, six and nine from the floor, two of five from three. Three rebounds on the defensive end, finishes with four rebounds, and he finishes with 14 points, plus 16 on the floor if you're into that sort of thing. Giannis right now, if you guys are voting MVP, it's I mean, it's 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 12 games into the season. Does he have a legit shot, though, at winning back-to-back MVPs? Or even if he is the best player and averages damn near a triple-double, are they going to give it to somebody else just because they hate giving it to repeat winners? Kind of like when Michael Jordan could have won it every single year, but Carl uh, Malone gets it the one year because the Jazz win 55 games or whatever, and he averaged 24 points per game. You guys think Giannis has a legit shot at winning an MVP? Back-to-back? Well, years? you look yeah. at Le- LeBron James. He there was, I mean, you could have gave it to him five years in a row probably. Right. And, and they gave it to Steve Nash. Yeah. Well, Steve Nash actually won two. People this, forget that. Yeah. He definitely has a legitimate chance, though. What's crazy? There, there's no question. I don't want to go off here. I mean, we're talking Bucks basketball, but the Steve Nash thing is kind of crazy because I was a huge Steve Nash guy. I love oh, those too. Suns teams, man. Like those Suns teams and then those Kings teams with, well, I mean, when it was Jason Williams or you could replace him with Mike oh. Bibby, but Chris Webber. Remember they had the 3-0 lead on the Lakers that they ended up blowing or whatever it was, 3-1 lead, and the Lakers end up winning the finals with Shaq and Kobe. I loved that team, but there's always like those teams that you love, and they just never could get over the hump. 
And I think that that was another perfect example of him right there. That's what scares me about this Bucks team just a little bit, is I want them to win a title, just one title. And I feel like this year is kind of championship or bust. Only because next year the Nets are going to be so damn strong, they're going to have the two best closers in the NBA, in Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, taking games over in the fourth quarter. I mean, the one thing is it's going to be hard to keep those guys on the floor for 82 games because both of them have injury history, but they're going to get better. I don't know about Philadelphia. I wanted to say Philadelphia was going to be around for like the next four to five years, but I just don't trust Joel They have Embiid. no closer. They right. have no bench. They have no bench. They don't have anybody that – they kind of have the same no problem. Shooting. Well, yeah, who's their best shooter right now, Josh Richardson? They don't have Probably. anybody that can take over a game in the fourth quarter. Al Horford's leading, yeah. I think, leading them in threes. But do you think that the Bucks have enough like to get over that hump and get to the finals? Like with – because who takes over a game in the fourth quarter outside of Giannis if they don't make a move at the deadline? Chris. Chris Middleton, I guess. Right. Uh, and if Eric Bledsoe continues to play like he has the last Well, look at games, last year. But... I mean, it was it was somebody different every night. And it hasn't really been that that way this year. Maybe Giannis has learned. And I, with, with his second-half performances and games, I think it's pretty obvious that he is certainly learning and probably has learned how to impose his will in the second half of games where he's been a little bit more passive – in years past. Again, as he says, he's only at about 60% of his potential. That's scary. I know, and I believe it. I do too. It's all just going to be, can he stay healthy? He's 24 years old. Right. It's all just going to be about staying gonna be healthy. going to be 25 in about three weeks, but absolutely not that I'm keeping track or anything. But <laughs> and that's the, I mean, that's the only thing. The So, I mean, I've talked about it a little bit. I love the NBA. I was like a big 90s NBA guy, but the game's better now than it's ever been. Like the superstars, every team – there's not really a bad team in the league. Like, there's some crappy teams, don't get me wrong, but even the crappy teams are, like, kind of on the up-and-coming. Like, they have young players that you actually enjoy seeing play. Like the Memphis Grizzlies. They stink, but I watch them every single night on League Pass because I love watching John Morant. I don't know that the Pelicans are going to be very good for two to three years, but I'm still going to watch them because I like watching their backcourt. I like I, I like Lonzo Ball if he could put it together. I keep thinking Brandon Ingram's one day going to put it together, and I'm waiting for Zion, hopefully, to play at some point this year. But even the Bulls, like... Kobe White's kind of a disaster, right? But, I mean, he hit five threes in back-to-back games, becomes the youngest player in NBA history to do it in consecutive games, so he still has a lot of potential. And that's my point, like, with the Bucs, is that you're going to get everybody's best shot every single night. So another nice victory tonight, especially on a Saturday night when you could have overlooked this team. They didn't. 102-83. I would have liked to see Malcolm Brogdon out there. That was the only thing. I wanted to kind of see that revenge game. The Bucs are 9-3, and and they've played four home games. And, like, the main thing is is that they just beat the hell out of teams within their division. Like, I brought up that number, two losses only with teams in the division in the last two years. Like, you don't see that in the NBA with the parity in the NBA and teams just taking nights off. You know, I mean. Well, and just playing your division a lot during the year. Right. And, I mean, you turn on an NBA game, and even if a team's up 35 points in the second quarter, you turn that thing on in the fourth quarter, you know it's coming down to the wire. That's been the Bucks' problem, and that's what I like seeing tonight once again is that you didn't allow that last run by the Pacers. You held them to their lowest shooting percentage of the season. You came out and you played great defense tonight, and that's what Coach Budenholzer was worried about the first couple weeks of the season was just your effort defensively. And tonight you hold the Pacers, granted without two two of the best guards in the league maybe, uh, 102-83 to you win. We'll do one more break, 414-799-1250. You could also tweet at us at 1057FM. The fan will be getting out of here shortly. you still got time to pop on. We'll hear from Matt Velasquez. And much, much more here on The Fan next. Behold our mortal enemy. We're keeping an eye on the enemy. How did the bad guy look tonight? Sponsored by Coach's Pub and Grill on South 13th Street. Stop in today for lunch or dinner and try their fabulous Friday fish fry. Now open Coach's on Lake Danoon. 
This is the Pick and Save Pro Hoops Post Game Show, driven by Mercedes-Benz of Milwaukee North on the fan. Bucks win 102-83 over the Pacers tonight. The Pacers shorthanded without Victor Oladipo and Malcolm Brogdon. It's the Pick and Save Pro Hoops postgame show driven by Mercedes-Benz of Milwaukee North. I'm Ryan Horvath filling in for Bill Schmidt. He'll be back with you guys tomorrow morning, Fantasy Football Weekly, 10 to 11.30 a.m. Tweet those questions in now. He'll get to those first. Big week in fantasy football. 414-799-1250. Still some time to pop on. You can also tweet at us at 1057FM, the fan. Time now for the eye on the enemy and the Pacers. Playing shorthanded, they fall to 7-6. and six. They were outscored 34-6 to six in the paint in the first half, 56-26 to 26 for the game. So the Bucks just got to the rack at will, dominated in the paint. Pacers tonight also shot their lowest shoot, uh, shot their lowest percentage of the season. So the Bucks defense played good tonight. They get the win, 102 to 83. Ryan Horvat, Evan Heffelfinger, Evan, we're talking some Bucks basketball here, obviously. But what are your thoughts on the uh, Indiana Pacers? Do you think that that's a team that can make a run in the playoffs once they get fully healthy with Depot and Brogdon, or do you see them more like I asked Mitch earlier, as like a five-six seed? Well, preseason, I had them in my second tier of teams in the East. Uh, first tier, I had Bucks, Sixers, Celtics, and then that next tier, I had uh, the Pacers, the Raptors, which are pretty much just Pascal Siakam at this point, and uh, the Heat. So I think that getting Brogdon was huge for them. That's another playmaker that they can have, especially with uh, Oladipo being out for a few months. I do like Sabonis, and I do like Miles Turner. I think that they have enough... They don't have enough depth to go deep into the playoffs, but I think that they could have a very close first series as a five seed with whoever they play as the fourth seed. Yeah, I really like Sabonis, too. I feel like he could be a solid player. I mean, he already is a solid player, but I think he could get even better. Um, It's just a weird situation for Sabonis because we were hearing rumors that they were looking to move him, maybe package him in a deal, and then all of a sudden they just extended him. So I guess his future is in Indianapolis. I like the team that they put together. I really do, and I think they might be a piece away. But Miles Turner, I just I like his game, but I just I don't think he's ever going to be like a player one A or one B on a team that could reach a conference finals. Even I think he's a good regular season player. I just I don't think he could carry a team. I guess. Well, he doesn't have that versatile of an offensive game. He's a, he has a good three point shot. He has a little bit of a low post game, but he's not going to be that guy that consistently can score 22, 24 points for you down low. And then I want to see if Oladipo could carry a team as well because Oladipo for a while I thought obviously was going to be a bust because he was drafted. I mean, I loved him in Indiana. He gets drafted in Orlando. That doesn't really work out. He goes to Oklahoma City, which was just a brutal fit because he's playing with Russell Westbrook uh, off the ball, not really touching the ball very often. And I thought he was going to be a bust. And then last year puts together an, you know, an all-star season and looked to be the real deal. So... I don't know. I think the Pacers may be anywhere from like a three to a six seed. Again, the 76ers are struggling right now. I think we overhyped them a little bit much. The Raptors continue to impress me even without Kawhi Leonard. I just feel like, I mean, obviously they don't have anybody that could take over a game, but Siakam is a legit superstar. I think he's heading towards that trend. He could give you 30 points. You know, there's certain nights where he could give you 13 boards. He could get eight assists. You know, he pretty much runs, they run their offense through him. Fred Van Vliet, since the playoffs last year, has been playing great. Uh, Kyle Lowry, I mean, he's a little bit banked up, but he is what he is. I just think that, other than that, they don't really have anybody that could take over a game, and they're getting kind of old. Like, Marcus Gasol is, is pushing 90 years old. I can't believe that he's even really still in the league. Great addition last season. 
for what they did in the playoffs. But I don't know. The Raptors don't really scare me. Looking we don't, around we don't the speak about Fred Van Vliet in this station. From yeah, now on. that's a curse word. We do not. We do not talk about the FCC that guy. is about to be after us. But first. like looking around the Eastern Conference, there's really not a team that scares me. But the Western Conference, that's just going to be a bloodbath. Like the Western Conference playoffs are going to be a bloodbath. The regular season is going to be a bloodbath. I don't understand how you could even use load management or sit guys unless you are the Clippers in the Western Conference because it may take like 54 to 55 wins just to get in. I mean, I'm kidding half, but to get into the playoffs. like but Legitimately, 50 might 50, be that benchmark. I agree. Like I put a prop in um, the Lakers 54 and a half wins. I thought that that was a steal. I threw 300 bucks on that as soon as I got it because I said – 54 and a half wins. Like, if the Lakers don't win 54 games with Anthony Davis and LeBron James, they're not going to be a top three seed in the Western Conference. I'm really high on Utah. I like Utah a lot. I mean, we just got to see that. Yeah, them. We, we saw how good they were. I like Mike Conley, and I like, I, I, I mean, I like that whole roster. I love Donovan Mitchell. I like the fact that Donovan Mitchell could play with the ball in his hands and he could play off the ball because Mike Conley could actually do the same thing, too. Conley He's, only shoots well against the Bucks, though. But so, you think I of mean, Mike Conley as a classic point guard, but he could play off the ball, too. I, that's not true. He, he doesn't. Well, it was so, like two of twelve in the game last night. I and mean, granted, it was well, they it was went an to emotional Memphis. Night yeah, for yeah, it was a it was a, a, video? a it was a love tour game. Oh man, so. the tribute video! I had a tear I did in my see eye. it. I did see it. Yeah, it was. The, people were complaining. Uh, not to get off on a tangent. The on Bucks this. nearly got Mike Conley so back in the day. They did that tribute video, you know, for him, and the people in Memphis actually didn't even get to see it on their televisions. Like, if you weren't at the game. You didn't get to see it. So people were complaining, and then one of their beat reporters did put it on Twitter so people got to watch it. It was awesome, though. It showed all of this charity work. I mean, you've heard the stories about how Mike Conley is just a good dude, and he had a great career with them. I really liked that team, too. That's a team that I always kind of wanted to get over the hump. I liked Randolph a lot. Uh, I mean, Marcus Gasol. Who else was even on that team? Tony Ta- Allen. Tayshawn Prince for a while. Zebo. Zebo, yeah, and then he got busted with some stuff, some vitamins. Uh, they got him in a little bit. Some Sidariuses, they got him in a little bit of trouble. But I always like that team. So, yeah, the Western Conference, man, is going to be a bloodbath. I'm high on Utah. I like Rudy Gobert and Mike Conley together with a little pick and pop, too. Utah, L.A., both L.A. teams obviously are great. The Warriors continue just to drop like flies. Now uh, now uh, Russell's out for two weeks, I saw, too. They might as well just do the old uh, San Antonio Spurs tanking, the year that Sean Elliott had to have surgery and the year that David Robinson went down. And they got Tim Duncan. Yeah, just find That's yourself another Tim Duncan. That's what the Warriors should be doing right now. That's what they're doing right now, right? I mean, if, if you're going to tank, though, if you're going to be bad or be in basketball, you don't want to be in basketball hell right now. That's what I keep telling people. You don't want to be a 48-50 to 50 win team. Well, I mean, a 48 to in, in the East, that's probably a two or three seed. Like a 37 you Yeah, a you don't want to be the Bulls. Team. You don't want to be the Bulls. You don't even want to be the Atlanta Hawks so much right now, and I really like what they're doing with their roster. But pretty soon you're going to have the double draft because guys are going to be able to enter the draft out of high school once again. And you're going to get all the European players. So, like, the first 20 picks of that draft could potentially be superstars, whereas in the last, what, 10 years, if you don't have a lottery pick outside of the, you know, third or fourth pick, you're not getting a superstar. Unless you hit the jackpot and you get a Malcolm Brogdon really late. But that's, you don't see that very often. You're not getting a Zion. You're not getting a John Moran unless you have pick one, two, three. You know, we don't even know if R.J. Barrett will end up working out for New York. So I just think if you're going to be in basketball hell, like, you want to be bad right now. You don't want to be even where the Bulls are at. You want to be winning 25 games. 414-799-1250. Once again, Bucks get the win. 102-83. to Another big night for Giannis. 26 points, 13 rebounds. Brooke Lopez, 15 points, 8 boards, 5 block shots. Evan, are you feeling a little bit better about Brooke Lopez? He looked kind of – I mean, he looks slow, right? But he always He does is look. slow. I mean, he is slow. 
and he's getting older. People were freaking out about Brooke the first couple of weeks of the season. Maybe that the Bucks made a mistake bringing him back. People were pretty down on Robin Lopez. I know his game's kind of ugly, but I do like the addition. What are your thoughts on uh, the Lopez brothers after, what, 12 games here? I'm a big fan. I, I wanted us to pick up Robin last year on the buyout market. I mean, we got Pau Gasol, which I think he played two games. That was about it. But I wanted Robin. I think that he was a great addition. He hasn't really played up to, I don't know if I even had expectations, but he hasn't been fantastic. But even what you're paying him and the minutes that he's providing, he's not a terrible backup center. Remember when people were excited last year about the addition of Pau Gasol? Did he play three games? Like, I remember there being a poll question. I, I forgot think he played which, literally five minutes. I forgot which <laughs> show. I'm serious. I think he literally played five minutes. I'm going to have to look In Phoenix, the, the infamous loss in Phoenix last year, I think he played five minutes. The one where Giannis couldn't it. hit a free throw? Correct. Yeah. Which one? That was the one where I actually called into the show because Sparky was freaking out like they weren't going to make the playoffs because of a loss. Well, no, there was one against Fe- – I called twice last year into the old uh, Pick and Save Probes postgame show. I was an intern for one of those. Bends. Yeah, I called in when they lost to Utah and Giannis couldn't hit a free throw and they blew a lead. And then I called in uh, when they lost to Phoenix, one of the two times. Can't remember which one. Pau Gasol played 30 minutes for the Bucks last year in three games. Oh, I stand corrected. Everybody was jacked about the addition, too. I remember, I can't remember which show, somebody put up a poll question. It was like, if the Bucks are in a tie game in the fourth quarter, who should take the final shot? And Paul Gasol was one of the options, and I spit out my orange juice all over the place when I read it because I said, you're bringing him in for veteran leadership. Like, Paul Gasol hasn't been Paul Gasol since, I don't know, 2015? Not quite sure. 414-799-1250. Bucks pick up the win tonight. 102-83. They never really... Uh, this one was never really in question. You know, Indiana did cut it to 49-36 at one point. It was 71-63 going into the fourth quarter. Then they went on a 10-2 run. Sterling Brown, I don't think we're talking about him enough. A pair of spot-up threes to kind of put that one away. One from the left corner. Ten points, six rebounds. I like what I saw from Sterling. I like what I saw from Sterling most of the season last year. I mean, in the first round of the playoffs, was getting the start with Brogdon out. Then we didn't see him in the Eastern Conference Finals. What are your thoughts on Sterling, guys? I love him. I think that he is, I don't know what he's going to end up developing into, and maybe we're close to his ceiling as is, but as is, he's a very viable defender. He's a decent shooter. He's a pretty good, at the very least, rotational 3 and D wing. I don't know if I love Sterling Brown. I think he's a really solid player. I, I, he's the guy that I would have probably inserted into the starting lineup after uh, Middleton's injury. Um, it hasn't worked out that way yet. I think you're going to see a lot of moving parts here in the next couple of weeks. But I think Sterling's a very good energy player. But I think Evan and I talked during the game that, you know, St- Sterling is – he kind of seems to have – he lets the moment get to him a little bit, yeah. if you know what I mean, yeah. where, where if he has any bit of, you know, pressure or expectation, like, oh, gosh, I'm a starter now, he seems to not be able to hit shots or, you know, miss layups. And transition, I mean, sometimes he doesn't pass in transition. And I feel like that – He never does. That's why Bud doesn't fully trust him. Do you think that – Sterling and DJ are good enough players or their ceiling is high enough that let's say you get around deadline time and you want another guy that could create his own shot and score, even like I said, like a 14, 15 point per game score. Like people keep calling up with these outrageous names like Bradley Beal, the Warriors. I'm sorry, the Warriors. The Wizards just gave him money. Why not Spencer Dinwiddie? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's not playing much, but he's a guy that can. That's a guy that's reasonable if you're going to get 
if you're talking those types of trades right there. But that's I mean, what I'm saying. Are Sterling Brown and DJ Wilson, is their ceiling high enough or are they good enough to get you anything in return at the deadline or no? Well, DJ Wilson's going to be an MVP in about four or five years. In so he, yeah, so the is the maker, right? He'll be the Christian Wood uh, herd squad, maybe. God, Christian Wood. I'm so glad points, I don't have to hear that anymore. 27 rebounds, and then he gets up to the Does the Bart still tweet about him? No, I think that he's given that one up. Bart always finds these underdogs that he wants to root Christian for, Christian right? Wood seriously couldn't guard a chair. No. He no. wouldn't even try to. No, he couldn't. Uh, Tony Snell had a big night, though, for the Pistons the other night. So yeah. all the former Bucks kind of stepping up and making uh, playing a role with their new teams. Bucks 9-3. and three. Evan, uh, is this about where you thought that they would be? Yeah, I think so. It hasn't been the hardest of schedules. We've had some tough games like the Raptors, the Jazz, the, uh, the Clippers. But you're heading into, I don't want to say a super easy part of your schedule, but it's it's not the hardest. Right, I, I went through the schedule. What you'll have to face without without Middleton here. It's the not next bad. Weeks. It's not until like I think like December fifteenth or so where they start to have their their hardest games. Right, and you get so, the, you get I mean, like tonight is one of the tougher games on the matchup, and you 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 know catch the Pacers at the right time while they're beat mm-hmm. up. You get the Bulls twice in this stretch. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not. Center on Monday. I'm not thrilled that with the losses that we have because we probably should have won a couple of those games, but you can't really complain about nine and three. No, absolutely not. We'll go out to the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, talk with Matt Velasquez from the Journal Sentinel. Matt, Bucks pick up the win tonight. They're now 9-3 and three on the season. I just asked these guys, is this about where you expected them to be 12 games into the season? Yeah, somewhere around here. I think that's a reasonable place to be. I mean, they could be, you know, a, a game a game better than this. They could be a game worse than this. You know, get things have come to the, down to the wire uh, in a few contests. You know, things can go either way. Um, maybe you don't expect Kawhi to miss. Uh, the game against the Clippers, maybe that changes the result. Maybe it doesn't. Um, but, you know, I think 9-3, and three, uh, especially with the road-heavy schedule that they've had. I mean, they've had eight road games already, and they've got two more upcoming. Uh, so to be able to handle that, that difficult uh, travel stretch, I think it's been a positive for him. Yeah, absolutely. And even when the three-point shots aren't falling down, I mean, again, tonight, you know, the Pacers get outscored 34-6 in the paint in the first half. Bucks outscoring 56-26 for the game. What are you seeing from them on the offensive end right now? Because they're just kind of getting to the rim at will. Yeah, I mean, it helps that they, they played the Bulls, who are right. not great, and, uh, and, and the Pacers, uh, who are extremely depleted. Uh, but, you know, when you have Giannis and his ability to, to get inside and you have – it's the gravity that he has where other guys can get to the rim. Uh, you know, they're showing aggressiveness. Uh, Eric Bledsoe, uh, again, aggressive tonight. Not as productive, but definitely aggressive. You know, Dante was aggressive. I think it helped that, you know, the Bucks had a bunch of uh, live ball turnovers, a bunch of takeaways, where I think at one point, I think it was in the first half, they, they took advantage of 12 Pacers turnovers, turning them into 20 points. That's a great way to get points in the paint if you're you know, able to get steals and run out and, you know, get easy buckets. Um, but, but overall, I think just a, an aggressiveness that has been positive. You know, they're getting you know, reasonably good looks from three-point range. I don't think there's going to be very many games where Kyle Korver goes over five on threes. Um, you know, as a team, they've been struggling from, from out there the last few games. But, you know, hey, if you can go inside and you can put your head down and you can get buckets, then uh, I think you'll be okay. More often than not, like I said, it helps when you're playing a, you know, a certain level of competition. Right. The first couple of weeks of the season, I know Coach Bud wasn't too happy with the effort on the defensive end. Again, tonight, though, you hold the Pacers to a season low 32% from the field. Now, again, obviously playing without Old Depot, uh, who hasn't stepped on the court yet this year, Malcolm Brogdon, and you're beat up playing on a back-to-back. But what did you see from the team defensively? Was Coach Bud pretty happy in the, uh, after this one? Yeah, definitely. Anytime that they're um, 
you know, playing the way they did tonight defensively. I mean, 83 points is the fewest they've allowed in the Bud era, um, which, you know, not, not a super long era, but still it, it's pretty impressive considering last year they had the best defense in the league as far as efficiency goes. Um, so I think he liked the, the effort that they brought, the way the guys were getting into passing lanes, uh, the way that Brooke Lopez, he had five blocks, where he was holding things down on the inside. Uh, Giannis is always a, a quality defender. Um, so, you know, they, they didn't really play with their food too much today. Uh, it, it was a little bit closer than you would think it would be uh, going into the fourth quarter, but then they kind of, you know, had put the pedal in the metal and got the lead all, all the way up to 25 points, and a lot of that was locking down on defense, turning that into offensive opportunities. Should be another easy one on Monday night. All in the NBA, there's really you can never really count anybody out and say anything is going to be easy. But you got the uh, Bulls at the United Center on Monday. Do you think we're going to see guys start to rest? Obviously, it's going to be tough to give Giannis any load management right now with Chris Middleton out the next three to four weeks. But when do you expect maybe you know a guy like Brooke Lopez or some of the veterans to start sitting, if at all? Uh, I don't know. We'll see that uh, necessarily. I mean, Brooke didn't sit mm-hmm. until like literally the last game of last season. Um, you know, the only guy who they've been really managing at all has been Kyle Korver. Uh, everybody else, you know, they got load management tonight uh, by yeah. by putting this game away and doing it, you know, in an efficient fashion. I mean, Giannis only played 28 minutes. Right. You know, with an off day tomorrow, you, you don't necessarily need to sit him. You kind of say, hey, let's just do this again. Everybody can, can play a reasonable amount of minutes and, you know, then be able to do the similar thing as the, the Bulls. That would be their hope. Um, so I don't necessarily think that they're going to slow things down uh, just yet, especially with Chris out. Matt, thanks, man. Enjoy your night. All right, thanks. Have a good one. That right there, Matt Velasquez. You can find his work at the Journal Sentinel. He joined us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Looking to buy, build, renovate, or refinance in 2019? Look no further and call Great Midwest Bank today. Great Midwest Bank, providing simply local common sense lending to your community since 1935. That'll about wrap it up for us. Ryan Horvath, the mayor, Mitch Ross, Evan Heffelfinger, once again, the Bucks get the win tonight, 102-83. to Solid effort on the defensive end tonight. Another big night for Giannis. Milwaukee now 9-3 and on the season. They'll see the Bulls this Monday night. That game on the road at the United Center. Bill Schmidt will be back with you guys for postgame. You can also catch Billy tomorrow, 10 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. It's Fantasy Football Weekly. Enjoy your Saturday night. Go Bucks. could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.